Welcome back to the What the Folk Sunderland Review Show. What a cracking day it was at the Stadium of Light as big Ellis Sims gave us the Christmas present we all wanted by grabbing a last-minute winner to deliver us a well-deserved three points over Blackburn Rovers. Yet again, it's certain to be another positive review show and we all have the lads fully here to try and talk off our Christmas Day hangovers. First and foremost, it is Bradley Sharp. Bradley, how are you, my son? I'm very good, Graham. Very, very, very good after that today. How are you? Uh, yeah, not too bad, mate. Um, I kind did of you have a good Christmas. I did, mate. I'm in one of those moods where I just really want to get on it, but I'm working at like eight in the morning, so I'm having a cheeky little rum. Um, how was your Christmas? Yeah, I'm at how was work yours? Early doors. I'm at work early in the morning, so no, no alcohol for me. Unlike our 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 uh, co-podcasters, our co-pilots. Uh, Ross, I'll come to you next. Ross, you've uh, your blotto, as you said, off the pod. How how are you feeling, mate? You're right. I'm feeling absolutely brilliant, my friend Graham. Absolutely brilliant. However, we've won, so it's all good. It doesn't matter how good I am. I'm having a great day. How was your Christmas? Hi, Grant. Having a great time. Did Santa come down your shoot? I did. Irish. He come early. <laughs> did he? He did, I. <laughs> Dave, how are you? Man, I'm not sure I can top that, but yeah, I'm not bad at all, thanks. Yeah, slightly different to you boys today, obviously, not being up north to where, uh, just as I say that, the lights have gone out and even anybody's <laughs> home, so <laughs> it's a good job it's not a video podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, yes. Brad's too sorted. <laughs> Whose idea was to do this tonight, not tomorrow morning, by the way. <laughs> um, but yes, we had Sun of One and Hammer with the Moon, so you can edit out the previous 30 seconds. <laughs> oh, God. It's like that episode of Friends where Ross whitens his teeth. <laughs> Genuinely, are we starting again here or what? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving it in. I'm leaving it in. Oh, oh. He's back. Thing is, to everyone else, they're just going to be like, why are they laughing? So basically, Dave's recording in a, in a car. And yeah. as he gives his intro, the light just went off. <laughs> it was just, I kind of, it, it, you had to be there. Um, but yes, we're all well. We're all very, very good. Uh, first and foremost, <laughs> Brad, we'll try and compose ourselves and just admit, as you can tell, it's been a great day. Um, but let's not beat around the bush. It's now 10 o'clock and we've had time to rewatch the highlights a million times, a thousand times and digest. Um, how are you feeling in the aftermath of the Sunderland's 2-1 win over Blackburn Rovers? I'm feeling delighted, mate. Um, I listened to your preview pod on my way up to the, the game today and there was a lot said between you and your guest. Mm. Uh, regarding Mowbray and how his teams either play well first half or second half and I thought it was 
very fitting that following that conversation. Now, uh, Tony Mowbray team done it for ninety minutes. Yeah, um, I thought we were at it from start to finish. Uh, uh, the press was really good, and again, that was led by the man that we've missed the most, Ross Stewart. And then everyone just pressed high, like that extra five yards higher up, and yeah, it was brilliant. And what what can you say about the big man himself? I mean, he, he was he was excellent, but I think I think for me. A special mention once again has got to go to our man Luke O'Neill. Oh, love him. I Honestly, thought he was absolutely outstanding. I, for me, Luke, I was going to come on to him, but oh, I didn't care. I'm coming on to it now. I think for me, Luke, you know, for years, and even I've said it, you can probably find episodes at the start of even this season where I've gone, I'm not quite sure if he's got the quality. You know what? I'm, I'm, he has. He has he has got the quality. He's got the defensive quality to be a centre off in the championship. And I talk and not just talking about winning balls in the air and being defensively sound and reading the game. What about his distribution as well? His his you know his ability to get ahead and ahead in front of his man. His desire that he shows to he was came up against one of the best centre forwards in the league today. And the, the lad didn't get a sniff. And it's not the first time we said that about an iron, but um, I could wax lyrical about him but before I go down to Luke and I and like I was going to say a love hole I meant <laughs> that's not I meant a rabbit hole not a love hole because that's that's completely sorry Luke um, Ross dig me out of this hole and uh, let me know how you felt the game was I I thought like even though we conceded early on to another set piece I was annoyed that we conceded that because we didn't deserve that in my opinion I felt like we had we we looked a better team, and I was so happy that like Ross Stewart scored in the wrong end, which wasn't his fault, and then managed to like the way he got the penalty, just showed a striker who was above that level. Mm-hmm. Like, he got in front of his man, got the penalty, and then just he just took it as of like oh, another day at the office, you know what I mean? But he ran, he ran that that Daniel Ayala for me. From what I know, my championship experience this season is one of the best championship defenders in the league. And he made him look like an absolute amateur. Like he, pr- he really, really ran him ragged. And I feel like today, sure, like we've all how about it? I was like, oh, could we cope without, could we cope without Ross Stewart? No, we can't because he's no. a class above and he takes this team to the next level, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sick of tired saying about Ross Stewart and people saying he can be replaced. I like nuance and I don't like to be straight down the line. I don't think he can be. I, simple as that. I don't think he can be. And I think he's proven today why. Um, but Dave, I don't have to convince you about Ross Stewart's quality, but um, how did you feel about the performance as a whole? Just um, from minute 90, we seemed at it. I agree with Brad. We Perfect performance today for me. Definitely. And it goes to people like Ross Stewart and defending from the front. Probably something Mowbray knew when, when he was out. And... Sims to a lesser extent of of trying to trying to play that way, and you can't do it as successfully if there's a Roberts or a Pritchard in the false ten or a Jack Clark, because Jack Clark hasn't got the physical attributes that the other two have. So yeah, I totally agree. Stewart takes us to another level, and I totally agree. Can't be replaced. Uh, like even, yeah, I, I wouldn't want to replace him within a couple of levels. I just don't think it's going to happen. Um, and just a shout out to 9 you could you could mention a few to be fair but Luke 9 for me my favourite part of the day when he was about 15 yards offside he struggled with his left foot and he's just that excited about football that he's got his hands 
in his head or his head in his hands. Depends which way you're looking at it. It's Christmas. Um, and literally rattles the crossbar. 40-odd thousand people noise offside. And he just he just looks absolutely devastated that it's rattled the crossbar. So, uh, yeah, unbelievable. Great. I'm glad we got the win. I thought we deserved it from, from the first minute, to be honest. And like you said, to be keeping people like Ben Diaz really quiet, I, I just think it's it, it's a statement of how far we've come. And we've said last week, literally five, six, seven, eight game run, we could we could take some stopping, especially with one or two additions. But I guess we've got to wait and see how we go, really. I said um, today, by the way, I had about a 20-minute conversation with the lad next to me, Barnsley. And um, it was only after sort of 20 minutes that I realised when I was saying, well, you can't be that good because Burnett is keeping him out of the team. That's someone went, he's, he's from Chile, mate, not Costa Rica. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. So I, I say this many I, times. Graham, that is fantastic. That is so big, sullen, fan of the ground I've ever heard in my life. Thing is, I, I say many times, I don't know what I'm speaking about on here, and people go, no, nah, no, nah, you do sometimes. Proof. There's the proof. Um, and one last thing, no, nine for me, I think. I read an article today. I can't remember what site it was on. Um, but it was talking about how O'Nine is maybe like the poster boy. I don't think he'd use those words, but for like the struggle to get out of League One and then progress into the championship and then kick on to the next step. Like he's the one that's kind of been at the forefront of dragging us through that. And I think in time, people like when he's long, when he when he's long gone, people are gonna look back on the Niners a lot more favorably than we even look on him now, I think. Um there's there's, there's only so many things you can say about a nine that have already been said. And I I was talking to my cousin at the game about O Nine, and I said for any parent, a well, Sunderland fan in particular, because you're not gonna watch if you're not really a Sunderland fan, but any parent with their Ben just starting to play football and tells them to watch any player, not like your flair players and your exciting ones, to tell them how how much hard work can do for you is watch Luke O'Neill. Because if he does something wrong one week, there's no one else in that team I, I can see that goes away, works so hard on one thing and he puts it right and you don't see the same mistake again from him. His hard work is phenomenal. Um and I mean, Tony Mowbray in his comments after the game said he's never managed a nicer human being than Luke O'Neill. And that just speaks volumes. It's something we've been saying for, for the last couple of seasons. And he's come out and said that. And it just shows exactly the type of guy he is. And I just love his I just love his hard work and his effort and his commitment. I think I think he's worked so hard as well, though. I think he's added quality from hard work. Like the, the hard work he's put in, he's added quality. Some of the pings he puts across, some of the tackles he puts in, you don't put them in unless you're a quality player. And he's, he's got that as well, but he's got that from sheer unadulterated hard work. And the reason that he plays well in any position you put him in almost is because he works his arse off and works his bollocks off at making sure that he fits that position. Um, but on that conversation, he's a centre-half. And I've decided that. Um, so if you are listening, Luke, you're 100% a centre-half. Um Dave, I, I wanted to ask you this question. I'll come back to you straight away. We normally don't come on to the good stuff until near the end, but fuck it. How did you celebrate Ella Sims' goal? Yes, mate. Um, well, yeah, just absolutely went wild, to be fair. It's it's surreal having to, having to watch it because of work and stuff and, and not being able to get there on a day like the day and, and the time of year. So it's a bit surreal. 
spending it with a, a couple of members of family and, and jumping around and, you know, face tap me brothers in Staffordshire, so messages backwards and forwards. But yeah, it still means just as much as, as it does to everyone else. Just wish I had a bit more atmosphere about it. Um, yeah, it, it, it's, the, it's the connotations of what it means. It's, it's the fact that all the hard work, and, and this is where one thing, and I think me and you've probably been the 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 biggest skeptics of when it comes to the the model and and how we're doing things and stuff like that. It just shows you that even though, we, and we have had some turmoil this year, you know, through injuries, through through Alex Neil doing one within forty eight hours and and so on. We've had some turmoil and and we've managed to continue it on, even going back to. To Lee Johnson and and leaving when we were or getting sacked when we were second in the league, and it just shows that maybe this model can work. Obviously, the 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 biggest worry for me and you is, and where we become skeptical, is the Ross Stewart scenario. If we if we suddenly decide that a ten or a twelve million pound offer fits in the 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 model and we let him go. There's gonna. The problem is with us, Sunderland fans. We live in hope constantly, and I tell you one thing: if we finish this season, I'm not meaning to turn this negative, but if we finish this season without Ross Stewart, and we finish in about eighth, and a couple of points away from the playoffs, there's going to be plenty of people going. I tell you what: what if we had him? What if we kept him? And that's that's my worry. That's my worry with the model. But yeah, absolutely buzzing, absolutely going mental watching it in the living room, and uh, yeah, on a Thursday I think it is, isn't it? And hopefully another three points, something like that. Um, it was class- I think people probably know I sit in the southwest corner. I have done since '97. Um, I've skipped rows up and down once or twice, but um, it was great today that because the lads who sit around me, and obviously Ashley sits with me, and, and Paul's on my right hand side, and um. Barnes is on me, me left hand side, and there's the boys in front. And obviously, when you score goals like that, you all just jump on each other. Um, like you proper, like you you hugging, celebrating. We've done that since Chopra scored against Spurs. But today, we all like hugged together, and then the lads on like behind us that like, came on top as well. <laughs> like they did the whole, you know, the real Ferdinand celebration where they just jump on the back. <laughs> and it was just a moment where I was like, God, I love football. Like football, like, and I love Sunderland, but um, the finish seemed to take like about half an hour to go in, and I was just like, he's the only person on the planet that decided that would go in. But, but um, Brad, I'll, I'll come to you next. What was uh, how did you celebrate today's goal? Went absolutely berserk with the pe- two people in front of me, two at the side, my cousin and his young man, and the, the family behind me. But what was funny because we sit right near the steps. <laughs> there was a guy who done the Luke O'Neill celebration against Huddersfield. He just came sliding on his ass down the steps. <laughs> and I was like, oh, where's he going? And he, he, I think he was, because I seen the guy he was with, they were walking out to the ground. I think they were already walking out, so he's came fucking about five rows down. Mate, it was at, like, I was saying, I, I don't think I've seen scenes at a home game like that, maybe since the Ross Stewart one against Chef Wed. But in a normal league game, I've not seen celebrations like that at the stadium light in since I can remember. Um, I, I mean, I might be talking back to Gucci against Charlton. It's the last time I think I went absolutely mental. Um, it was just great. 
And what the fuck is Ross doing? <laughs> yeah, the list, yeah. He's took his top off. <laughs> oh, my word. Yeah, I went absolutely berserk. Um, <laughs> oh, come on. I'm always, I mean, I'm trying to get top on now, but I'm, I'm really drunk trying to get, <laughs> trying to get on. <laughs> um, I'll be back. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, lost your of thought. I thought the noise was amazing uh, at the end. And I thought today as well, yeah, I mean, I think it was 40, 44,000. 43, 44 it was, yeah. Um, credit to the fans. I thought there was a good atmosphere throughout. We stuck with the team when we went 1-0 down. They were excellent today. Um, yeah. And credit to the 38,000 that were there to see the goal. I, I, I thought we, oh, yeah, I thought we were superb today. Um, fan wise, I thought that the Red and White Army felt like it went on for about 15 minutes. It's funny, we I don't know if people listen to the Christmas pod, but um, just a bit of daft fun, really. And we said, you know, what was our best, our favorite game from 2022 minus the playoff run? And I went with Wigan at home, that was like a step up from Wigan that today. Um, and sometimes I, th- I, I sometimes think Boxing Day can be a bit of a damp squib because everyone comes in and like. Sometimes people haven't been there before and the atmosphere is not really there and people are there for the day out. But today it felt like 43,000 Sunderland fans like going for it the whole the whole game. I thought it was spot on. Like, But um, also, I'll throw this one at you. In terms of reaction, i tell you what I thought was really important today. Um, I mean, touching on Blackburn's record, I think people know this, but Blackburn, obviously, we broke their record of... Because they would won one, lost one, won one, lost one, won one, lost one. When they played us away from home, we broke their record by allowing them, shall we say, or the referee did as it was at the time, to win the second game in a row. So far this season, they haven't drew a game. They, If they've scored first, they've won every game. If they've conceded first, they've lost every game. So we broke their record on that as well. So it's very much like Sunderland to, to break a record, normally in a negative fashion. But I think the reason we did that today was because we pulled one back so, so fast. How important was our quick reaction to that goal, Ross? And I know it was a penalty, but it was it came from sustained pressure from the minute we got the kickoff. I, it was massive. I thought that even before the goal, I thought we had a bit of sustained pressure on the right-hand side. Roberts and Ahmad were linking up really well, and they got to Stewart. Stewart was getting involved. And to me, the goal came a bit against the runner play. Um, I, it did. I, I didn't think we were doing that bad, but our Achilles heel all season has been set pieces, either attacking or defensive. We, we, scored, just, we was, scored one today. We scored one today. We did. Day. According to Brad, it was second phase, so it doesn't count. No, no, I'm on about the first one. We scored oh, the yeah. first one. <laughs> That's what I said. In the group. I said, look at the bright side. We scored from the set play. It might have been the wrong <laughs> But we scored from the set play. <laughs> but but no, you're right. Like It, it was a sloppy goal to concede. I felt really annoying. But the fact that I love the way that Stuart, like, he's just a step ahead of everyone. He knew the he knew the challenge, like, five seconds before it was coming. So he just got his body in front and knew the challenge was coming. He, he's just a step ahead of people at this level. And that proved it. And he just put the penalty away as of, like, it was just another day at the office. You know what I mean? And uh, I think I think Stuart did tire later on. And you could tell that, like, when the ball played across and he side foot it straight at him. And Ross Stewart, who was mentally there and fully fit, belts that at the keeper and makes the keeper make a save instead of just tapping on him. But his presence alone, we're a different team with him up there. And I feel like 
Ayala is a good player at championship level. And he looked terrified today when Ross Stewart ran him. He looked terrified. And like people around, like people I was over saying, like, I he's scared of him. He's he's Adam. And to me, it just it just showed Ross Stewart is he's mint and he in the nice way possible, he's mint. Yes, there's, there's so there's only so many things you can say about Ross Stewart, and ultimately it comes down to that he's mint, and he's for me completely replaceable. Um, I just think he just brings so much to us. But I think f- for me as well today, another player that came back and I thought played really well, and I was laughing my head off when he ran through on goal, um, and the referee pulled it back because he didn't play advantage, Brad, and lo and behold, he got the assist from the free kick, but um. Dan Ballard, he's been out for a long time. He hasn't played that much football because he got injured really early doors. But not only is the bloke built like a brick shit house, I think he's a bloody good defender. And I, and I, and it's nice to be able to say that after just what four games or five games he's played, you could just quality on on the ball, quality in the air. He just looks next level compared to what we've had over the past few years. He was very good today alongside Luke, wasn't he? Yeah, he was excellent. Um... I think it was his foul that led to their goal, so he got a point off for that, but then he got a back for the assist. Um, yeah, he's he's just, he's built like an old school centre-half, like no nonsense, but he is just, you could tell, with like, like you touched on when he was away, you can tell he's came through at a high-level academy. He's very good with his feet, and he's not shy to bring it out from the back. Um, also, you can tell as well, He's he's got a good number of games at this level behind him, um, which we've all said is invaluable when it comes to what what, what if we're trying to go on our model, getting players in like that is the the the, the perfect like type of player we need. And I know Ross has touched on it. Ross put him down, what might be the signing of the season. I mean, we only, like you said, we've only seen him for five games, but hey, he's been outstanding. Um. But yeah, I mean, you just feel confident. You just feel confident whenever they've got a set player. That with Ballard in the team at the back, and obviously Ross Stewart back, that we're, we're going to be a bit more competitive at getting the ball cleared. Um, so yeah, I mean, can't disagree. I mean, between between Ballard and 09, I was even saying, again, I, I was mentioning my cousin, when Bart's fits, who comes out? Like, Bart's been our player of the season. Do you go to the back three and put all three of them in there and change the shape with two up front or Tony Mowbray's got a headache, and it's it's not a bad headache to have, to be honest, because there's there's a lot of options to choose from, and I think at the minute every player that's coming in is making a claim to make the shirt the one, and no one can get it back off them. So that that's great. It's a wonderful headache, but it's a headache that you know can be cured by a couple of Jaffa cakes. I've been told. Um, Dave, I'll, I'll come to you on this one. You know what it is? I wrote down the players and. If people think we're missing certain people out for special praise, it's because there's just so many. Um, like if you go through the squad just really quickly, Pato was solid today, made a, a match winning save that we couldn't have won the game if he didn't make that save. Gucci was phenomenal with Roberts down the right. Um, we've touched on Ballard, we've touched on Onion, Circan fitted in fairly well. I thought Tri Hume was excellent. I thought when he came on, he did excellent. He's on his wrong side. He hasn't played since the Birmingham game before the World Cup. He almost scored. And he had a part in setting the goal up. He was great today. Um, Corey Evans was tidy and efficient as ever. Dan Neal was excellent. Made a few really good bursts to the middle of midfield. 
Diallo, I mean, bloody hell, what a player. He's a joke at this level. He's an absolute cheat code. And I hate saying stuff like that, but he literally is. Um, but I wanted to touch on one particular player, Dave, and this is because he hasn't played for a few weeks, and that's uh, Patrick Roberts. Um, for me, Roberts is maybe not the best player in the championship or the most talented, as Tony Mowbray says, but he's not far off. The kids, he's just got something about him that I really like, and he's the kind of player that, player that you pay to watch. And I thought today, the way he linked it with Diallo, that's a weapon that I haven't seen before. I think one player outside of Ross Stewart that's almost guaranteed first team is Pritchard. But the way that we played today, I've got no real issue if he ever wants to switch around Roberts and, um, sorry, put Diallo in the 10 and put Roberts on the right because I thought their link up today between Diallo and Roberts was great. Do you think it's maybe a time Patrick Roberts was given more of a chance, Dave? Mears, just another very, very, very classy footballer, um, which is which is just nice to see. We've got a squad of them. Now, when things are a little bit tough, are they the right players to have in there? But the way we're trying to play big, expansive football, they all fit in really well. Um, and, and to be honest, it's a nice mix, isn't it? We've said for a couple of weeks how how we could do with a big, strong, athletic centre midfielder. Someone just to break up the play and get around the pitch and stuff like that. And I think if we get that player, especially with younger legs, the, the right age, which the model tends to go for, you just kind of go, lads, listen, when we defend, defend with five. When we attack, go and attack with like four or five and just let them do the thing. It, Roberts is like that. I love Roberts. Listen, he's played big Champions League games, as you know, because you're, you're up in Scotland and, and you're a bit more familiar with Scottish football. He's he's very, very, very technically gifted. When your back's against the walls, does he go a little bit missing? Yes, but he's a luxury player that sometimes you need to unlock a pass or a little bit of skill. There was times, I, I, think, the, I think the Sky commentator said to dear. Um, it's absolutely criminal to be in the first half, probably about 20 odd minutes in, letting Patrick Roberts cut in Andre's left foot. And there was about four or five of them letting past Andre's left. And it's like, what are you, what are you doing? You can't give someone of that that much time on the ball because he'll get his shots off, he'll play a little reverse pass. I, I've got lots of time for Patrick Roberts, and uh, yeah, I hope he does get a bit more of a chance. And listen, it's no bad thing either if Alex Pritchard doesn't feel as always guaranteed a spot because ultimately nobody, as we've said a million times, is bigger than the club. Um, and yeah, again, headaches. Headaches for management. And it's it, they're not bad headaches for us as, a, as fans, basically. I'm quite impressed by the fact that we've managed... You can just tell we're happy. And you know what? If anyone's going, oh, I wish they'd just talk serious. Well, we're trying, honestly, but we've had a decent drink. It's Christmas. And we're just happy, which is ultimately because of Sunderland, which qualifies as a Sunderland Association Football Club podcast. Um, maybe one slight negative, Brad. Uh, it's really hard to pick them. And you know what? You know what's class? I've listened back. I know, sad case. But I've listened back to a few pods. Um because I like to kind of think, oh, you know, how far have we come? And so 
stuff like that. And at the end of the season, obviously, I pieced them together and occasionally it's easier just to do it that way. And most podcasts have been really positive. We've come on when we've drew, when we've won, when we've maybe narrowly lost and gone, you, you know what? So on and so forth. This was positive. That was positive. And it's actually getting harder and harder to pick out negatives in some weeks. Um, but one slight negative, negative, I suppose. I've had a few rooms. Um, a further two injuries today. Gucci and Sirkin are going to be out for the Christmas period by the looks of it. Alessi's going to be out, obviously, for the next couple of weeks. I think you said not serious, but it's going to keep him out. It felt like we've waited ages for a load of players to come back. And now we've got potentially five players missing, if you include Embo, Danny Bart, Alessi, uh, Gooch and um, Dennis Serkin. But rather than asking about a negative question, because obviously injuries affect any team, but how confident are you that the squad can step up and cover for these injuries over the next couple of weeks? I'm very confident, and the reason being is that I've touched on before. We could probably revert to a back three, to be honest. Uh, I think we've done that today when we brought Sims on. Yeah, um, we did. Trey Hume went over onto the... Did he go to right wing back? Yeah, he uh, did. So, I mean, could he slot in there? But then you could maybe have Roberts on the wing back one side, you'd have Clark on the other. I'm just in behind the two, and you can do, you're near enough your centre midfield, doesn't have to change much from the day. Um, it would have been a bigger worry had it been two weeks ago, and we didn't have the likes of Ballard in that back. But I, I, I strongly believe, depending on how long Danny Bart's out for, because I think the first thing Mopey said is he might come on the, the away games, he might be there. You could you could go to back three because I'd have more I'd have confidence in Bailey White doing that job because we've all said if Bailey White is to play he's better in a three. Um, put Luke to the left and Dan Ballard in the centre. And I think going forwards you don't really have to tweak too much. It's just a slight shape change. You know um, what? If you've made us think of a song there, but it has to depend on the French boy coming in midfield. You could have Dan Ballard on the right. Luke on the left, stuck in the middle with Michu. Carry on, <laughs> carry on. Yeah, I will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like you said, injuries do happen. But we are getting players back and there are players who are on the fringes, who are who are getting back into the team or having their chance and they're taking it. And there's no harm. I mean, today we've got our win because we had the two up front. That's, that's how the game was won in the end, ultimately. Um, I think we'll cope I mean if it's for a long period if you're talking three four weeks might become a bit of an issue because fatigue on these lads who are just coming back might play a part because look it's it's going to be three games in seven days which is a lot I will say from graces the week after that we've got an FA Cup game and it's a chance to maybe give some of the younger lads and fringe lads run out and some of the lads who are who have been playing week in week out just give them a little break let, give them a chance to recharge and also get some of these injured players who are like just mining niggles just to get them back into the side just to give them that one extra week so providing they aren't all serious injuries I'm not too I'm not too alarmed just yet because like I've said I strongly believe that more I think more was waiting for the right time to, to revert to a 3-5-2 or like a three, four, one, two, because I think that's was that how we how we lined up when he first came in against Rotherham? Yes. And we battered them. Absolutely battered them. 
And I think Mowbray's been wanting to do that, but he hasn't had the personnel or he hasn't been forced into doing it. I think now with the with who we've got left, he might have to tinker things. And I think that's what we'll end up seeing uh, against Wigan. I think for me, one of the big things as well, just when you were speaking there, I thought I was, I was going through all the plays and stuff and I've just realised I missed out there. Uh, Jack Clark, not, you know what? Not his best game today with Jack Clark, but the, the way that he makes their right back drop back 10 yards because he's so good um, is actually really massive. But I think one player I, I did miss out, and I, I want to mention him because I think he gets a bit of stick, and I don't think it's fair. And that's just my opinion. It's not saying I'm right. But um, Ross, Ellis Sims, you know what? I, I think... We think Ellis Sims is going to be that kind of target man because of his size and his strength and his pace. Do you know what I think Ellis Sims is? Just a bloody good finisher, Ross. But how much credit does he deserve today for the actual composure in that goal? Yes, it was great, but the way the goal went in, I don't think anyone on that pitch would have thought about doing it the way that he did it. And he was he was excellent in the way that he took it. I, I totally agree, I think, because we've got such a, a vision of what a big centre-forward is. With the likes of Stewart, especially, he's he's not he's not the type of player Stewart is at all. He's more of a poacher type, and I think Sims is better when he does he doesn't have time to think about it. I think the more time Sims has to think about it, the less composed he is. And I think people forget as well he's still a young lad, and he's still a young lad on loan because people think of his physical attributes and the fact that we knew him for Blackpool a few years ago. That like oh. He should be doing it at this level now. No, he shouldn't. Like he, he's a, he's a lad growing up, and what I love about it, he got dropped today. People forget he got dropped. Like he's been playing up front, and he got dropped, and he came off that bench, and he he ran his ass off in the channels for the time he was on, and he took his goal really well. And um, I just think Sims gets a raw deal because he's not Ross Stewart, and I think they're be- they're both better when they're up top together because Sims and Stewart work really well together and they do a lot of running which the other guy doesn't have to do when they're there together and I know we on about before Brad went 3-5-2 is our best <laughs> formation I think that does work well because we've also got wing backs who then create the space so um, so yeah I, I think I think in the me and Ress see if Stewart can play three games in a week because Mowbray did mention that it might be a struggle. So Sims might get the nod the next game and Stewart might go off the bench. But I think if we're to be successful this season, both players need to be up front for a prolonged period of time and get good service. But if we do that, I think, you know what I mean? Why not dream? Have pushed was seven, are we seventh in the league now? Eighth, because QPR eighth. got a draw. But even if you know, we've had no strikers for like six months. Like it's mad. <laughs> well, we haven't it, played it, a full choice. It, it was three. Home. It was it was three months, Ross. <laughs> it, it feels longer. <laughs> season started six months ago. <laughs> hey, season starts now. Is what I said when season, yeah. season yeah. starts now. My name's but, Ross, and I don't understand time. But still, though, like, it feels like we've had so much time without our full-choice team. Then even the injuries today, like, when are we going to get a period 
where we have Mowbray has a chance to play whoever he wants, and it doesn't feel like we've had we've had that luxury this year. But we are still well within a shout in my eyes, and I think we're doing really well with what we got. So I agree, hundred percent. But Ross touched on the league position there, Dave. So we're sat in eighth, right? We've got nine wins, seven draws, eight defeats, and we're one point off the playoff spots. All of us agreed, apart from Brad, that we'd be happy with consolidation, right? But things change, all right? Expectations change. These things happen. With the right purchases and keeping the likes of Stewart and Diallo fit, Dave, have we now as a fan base got a sneaky suspicion that we can have a crack at the playoffs here? Miss, yeah, I've, I'm still sticking. I'm trying not to do the typical Sunderland thing and start believing, even though we've had all the slogans of dare to dream and believe and hashtag whatever. But do you want to know something? I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it out there, right? There's, there isn't a better attacking lineup in this league than ours. And that goes for Burnley, that goes for Sheffield United, that goes for man for man, five or six players or whoever we've got. I'm putting it out there. We have the best <laughs> absolutely finish me off that, hasn't it? Comments coming from everywhere. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, literally, man for man, going forward, we are the best attacking team in the league. And that's been that's been backed up with goals like we've had against Redden and so on and so forth. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, uh, I'm starting to believe the playoffs is more than just a possibility. I don't see any reason why we couldn't get there, even with the injuries. You've got to you've got to say we've been in the worst case that we could have been in, and we've still come through it and still picked up points. It's not as if we went on a ten game losing run. So, yeah, I, I think there's every possibility. I mean, you look at, like, Borough, Carrick's obviously got them doing all right. But I'm not being funny. Chupper Akpom scored a hat-trick for them today. Is he as good as Sims, Stewart, Pritchard, no. Roberts? He's just not. It's as simple no. as that. So, yeah, I fancy it, to be honest. I, while I don't 100% agree on the with the best, front line because I think Burnley are and I don't think the table necessarily lies to contradict that last part of that statement do I think we've got in the top six of the best front four yeah and I think we've got options that's the most important thing it's not just we have a good front four we have options in the front four but um, we're going to wrap this up ever so slightly Um, I'll come to you with this one Ross Obviously, we've got Wigan away and then Blackpool away. Look, there's no easy game in the championship because anyone can beat anyone. So I get it's not the it's not like the Premier League or, or League One where you just kind of think you could beat the teams right at the bottom. Um, first and foremost, how many points do you think we'll get? Second of all, how how many points will we be happy with? And third part of the question: if we get six points, are we then in the mix for the playoffs, like properly? Not just like, oh, could we go for it? Would it would it be nice? Are we in it? I, th- I would like to get at least four. Um, 
I think we'll get six, which has been maybe very brave. And I feel like if we do get six, then how much, how much have you had to drink? No, but I, I don't see <laughs> a bit, but I don't see if we get six why we aren't in the mix. Because the inconsistencies in teams in this league, and you look at the table, there's no reason why we couldn't have a go. I don't see why not. I I, I agree. Like it, it's 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 dawned on me just gradually that I'm like I was like, oh, 15, 15, 15. And if it's 15 to the end of the season, all right. But I'm now edging in towards January and I'm like, well, the best team I've seen this season has been Burnley for 45 minutes. But for 45 minutes, I felt we were the better team. And I'm like, at what point do I just change my expectation here and say, if we miss the playoffs, it's not a disaster, but why not? At least have a go. We, we've got nothing to fear, in my opinion. Just have a bash, like because if we don't yeah. get in them, what's the, what's the worst case scenario? We don't get in them. Oh well, boohoo. E- even every game we've lost this season, to me, we haven't lost a full ninety minutes. We played off the park. It's always mm. been a bad forty-five minutes. We've been in almost every game. There's been like the worst performance this season for me was Cardiff, um, and we I think we all spoke collectively about how if we our response to that performance was the most important thing, and I think we'll be Birmingham the next week. Yeah, I'm, I did too. We beat Huddersfield and Birmingham. Simple as that. Yeah. And and for me, unless um, we'll have a, an almighty collapse, I, I think we, I just think we can go for it. And, and you know, people might look back on this in six months and go, well, well done. But that's fine. Like, I can only judge on what I've seen so far. And for me, from what I've seen so far, there's no reason, absolutely zero reason that we can't have a bash. And I'm quite a few rums deep. I'm probably half a bottle deep, but that's fine. That's fine because rum gives me confidence, a bit like Samson with his hair. Um, Brad, I'll, I'll give you the final question. Um, same as, as Ross in many ways. You've always said we you think you would do the playoffs. You, you do live in an optimistic world, to be fair. But we've got Wigan, who are second bottom, uh, Blackpool third bottom. Wigan got trashed for one today. Blackpool drew against 10 men. Um which was whole, or I think they had 10 men, sorry, they drew with 10 men, sorry, I tell a lie. There's no easy game in this level because anyone can be anyone and we've seen it so many times. Even in our championship season, we managed to go and beat Derby 4-1 on a random Friday night. So we know what the league's like. But in reality, we're a point away from the playoffs. We're in eighth. We're in very good form. Is it time to change the expectations and maybe go towards the playoffs? And second question, how many points do you think we'll get? And, and third question, how many points... Do you think we're capable of getting? Well, no, sorry, I tell lie. How many points would you be comfortable with? Um, pretty much the same as Ross, really. When when you asked him, I, I was saying I'd be happy with four because it means we'll have went three. Was it four games unbeaten then? Um, but there's no reason why we can't get six. Blackpool. When we played Blackpool at home, we said if we had a strike, it would have battered them because they were shite. Um, Wigan. They're turgid at the minute. They've only just got a new manager. So there's no reason why we can't go there and beat them. Uh, we've done it last season quite comfortably. We've got a big crowd going down there on Thursday. Go there and beat them. Go to Blackpool, beat them. I only hope that we've been to Blackpool because I'm going down for that one. Um, new Year over in Blackpool. Get up there. Get up there, lad. I'll be in the same state as Ross. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I wish people could see Ross's eyes at this moment in time. By the way, because Ross's eyes are just going, 
I'm not entirely sure if I'm in a washing machine or not. <laughs> I can't wait to listen to this fact actually hear what's been said. <laughs> Dave's, Dave's been the funniest. Oh, yeah. by the lads. <laughs> yeah, you, you mentioned about the playoffs. I, I've said, I said from day one, I fancy us to get into the playoffs. I'd seen a bit of the championship last season, some of the teams and players that were in there this year, and I thought I was more than confident that the players that we've got, we could sneak in there. And there's some of the players that, I, that we didn't even have the, at the time when we made these predictions, and one of them being Ahmad. He, he's a class above, and there's no reason at all why we can't go in there. I think we eight points off the bottom three, and I can't see us being sucked back into there, to be honest. Nine, at I, all. Think. I think we're nine. I think, is it nine? The league, the, the I, league's starting to pull apart a bit. You know how for weeks we were like, oh, four points of this, four points of like heaven, four points of hell. Yeah. It's like it's now splitting could, a bit. It could be famous last words, but for me, I think it's time that everyone stops looking back over our shoulders and actually thinking, you know what, we've got some of our better players back now and just more or less look above us and think, right, can we catch them? Can we catch them? Because that's the way we've been going over the last few. Apart from the little slip up, um, that we had against, uh, like you say, um, West Brom. Apart from the little slip up that we had there, we've been since Birmingham looking up, looking up, and we're just clawing our way back. And now we're within striking distance, and we've got some of these teams, right, like your Middlesbrough, and that were just behind us. We've got these coming in January, and if we can start taking points off some of these teams in and around us, then yeah, the confidence is going to grow, and I think more and more people. The, the more the, the closer we get into them playoffs and the, the day that we do actually get break into the top six I do strongly believe within the next three games we will be in the top six that confidence will come from the fans and you'll see it on the pitch as well the players will believe because the fans will get behind them even more and yeah I'm still going to stick with we're going to finish fifth this season because like you said we've played everyone no one's blew me away no and 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 look People might come back to this in six months and say, yeah, one uh, we've had a terrible six month or whatever. I don't know. Um, you, you can never see in the future. You can only go on what we've got. It's called a review show for a reason. And if we're reviewing the first sort of six months, rum induced or not, um, we've had everything thrown at us with our best player and our manager that was doing a fantastic job taken away from us pretty early doors. And we're eight to point up a point of the playoffs when things are starting to come back together. And for me, I think the most important thing, Ross, you touched on this before, sort of off air. I think the reason for that is Tony Mowbray's new Hugo Boss jumper. A wonderful bit of attire. He's he's a pretty stylish guy, to be fair with him. I, I like Tony. I really like Tony. His subs are brilliant today, mind. Yep, excellent. On I a spent, serious note, excellent. Speak speaking of new jumpers and that today, I spent a lot of my day. Um, looking around the crowd and playing a game of spot the Christmas attire, just looking at who's wearing the new clobber. <laughs> it's a great game to play because I think every single person was. Yeah, actually, I noticed a few people had uh, they'd definitely been washing with links, spraying with links, and then wearing their new jumper that they're getting. But the, um, the pub has never spelled better when you have to shave. To be fair, that's actually a valid point. I agree with that. Um, but most importantly, as you can probably tell, we've all had a decent drink apart from, I think, Brad, who's working in the morning. I've progressively got more drunk throughout the show. I've had about three or four during I'm the show. I'm sure Thursday alike. Yeah. Dave's gone home. Um, Dave's gone. Dave's still a kip. Dave has left his lights of officially. Shh. But before uh, I do go, I bumped into someone today by the name of Martin Thompson, 
at half underscore biscuit. I think he's on Twitter. Martin, um, Southwest yeah. Corner. I used to sit yeah. by Martin in front of Martin. Great guy. Great yeah. guy. Had a chat with him today and he said if I'm if I give him a shout would he buys a pint. And not only was he a lovely bloke, that's an offer that I cannot refuse. Um he's a great guy. I met him I met him in bloke. um on a Wembley weekend. We met him for a pint in the Nags and he, in the lag we had a great catch up and I miss sitting in the corner next to him. He's a great guy, Martin. There you come. There's my shout out now. Martin, honestly, appreciate you, your kind words today. Uh, it was good catching up with you in half time. If anyone listened to the podcast, all ten of you. Um, I hope the rest of the nine other people come up and say hello because um, that would be great. And on that, uh, have a really good new year. Uh, I don't know if we're doing a preview before that. I can't remember. I don't really care. Uh, I probably will. But have a great new year. I hope you've had a class Christmas. I know you've had a great Boxing Day if you're a Sunderland fan listening to this. Um, and thanks, as I said in the last show, uh, for your support. So 2022. We love doing it and we only do it because we love doing it. But it's an absolute added bonus when people enjoy it and it does something for them. And that's the only time I'm going to be serious. Uh, uh, thanks very much from Dave, from me, from Brad, and of course, Ross and everyone else that contributes. Uh, we really appreciate it. And I hope you have a, a class end of the year and a great new year. And uh, let's uh, let's get promoted. Let's get promoted. Happy New Year, everyone. All the best, lads. All the best, everyone. And if you see me in Blackpool, get me a pint, please. <laughs> get me a paracetamol. My head's going to be bouncing tomorrow. <laughs> Singing Tapping her fingers and shuffling her feet Singing She looked good She looked fine She looked good She looked fine And I nearly lost my mind Before I knew it She was walking next to me Singing In my hand, just as natural as can be singing. We walk on to my door. We walk on to my door. Then we kissed a little more.